This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Well, hey, everybody, I hope you're having a great day. First off, as we get started, just want to say Merry Christmas. Uh, so many of us got to be together for our Christmas Eve services, but haven't talked to you since then. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas with your family. And tomorrow is uh, New Year's Day, so Happy New Year. Uh, you know, we're starting a, a brand new season. There's probably no day within the year where we definitively mark a new season of life like New Year's Day. So I just want to tell you, when we think about the future, you might have had a rough 2023, but I want you to know the best truly in Christ is yet to come. Today, we're going to read through Psalm 46, and I, I believe God's going to bless us as we look at this. It's really one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. I'm going to spend a few minutes reading it, and then we're going to make some observations from it. Let's begin in verse 1, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her she shall not be moved god will help her when morning dawns the nations rage the kingdoms totter he utters his voice and the earth melts the lord of hosts is with us the god of jacob is our fortress selah can we take a moment and pray Father, as we look into your word and really use this day as a moment to reflect, would you, would you help us to get a little bit more clarity on what it could be for us today and how we perhaps could move into this next season with a little bit more vision of what it would mean to go after you. God, we just pray that you would do that in this moment that we get to spend together. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we just reflect on the passage we read? I think this is one of the most beautiful psalms in the entire uh, hymnal of the Bible. I, I love verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in the time of trouble. Even just reflecting over the Christmas season and this simple reality that God came to us, Jesus is Emmanuel, the God who is with us. I, I want to remind you of just a simple truth that this verse makes so clear. God is near to us when times are tough. For some of you, this last year has been a very tough time. And it is easy to be around people in this world who get in tough times and they view God as distant and disinterested in them. But I want you to know the God of the Bible is quite near to us when times are tough. And the very next couple of verses say, we will not fear, 
Though the earth gives way, though the waters of the sea roar and foam as mountains fall into the... And what it's talking about is all the things that we view as stable and consistent begin to change and fall. We will not fear. Why do we not fear? We don't have to be afraid because God is near. God is near us. As the Bible tells us over and over again, don't be afraid. Often it will remind us, do not fear for I am with you. The world can be falling apart, but you can be strong and steady, not because we have some personal strength or we've found some secret to success just simply because God is with us. The very next couple verses, verse 4 through 6, the city of God that cannot be moved. And God is a a lover of our soul, but he is also a a lover and protector of his people. Verse 7 says, God will be her fortress. And two times within the little passage, we only read two-thirds of this, you see the word Selah. Now, Selah is, is in its context, it's a little uh, confusing because it, it's a, an ancient word that in many ways, even those who are scholars have some different perspectives on what it could mean. Selah can indicate a directive within a work of literature to pause and reflect. It's as if when we read Psalm 46, every once in a while the psalmist is saying, I need you to pause. Think about what we just read before you read the next stanza. Selah is a synonym of the Hebrew word that means forever. It's maybe this indication of think about there's implications for what has happened for the future. Selah comes from the Hebrew root word, which is salah, which means raise your voice in praise or make the instruments of worship louder. Our worship team loves this idea. Let's make the instruments a little bit louder. But Selah, this comes from rabbinical tradition. Selah is also an acronym for a phrase In Numbers 14, 19, please forgive the sins of this people. It's maybe an opportunity for us to pause and to reflect over what we just read and see if there's maybe some sin in our own lives and hearts. I mean, while its meaning still remains today quite a mystery, I want to just give you our perspective. A Selah is an opportunity to pause, praise, place and prepare and we need these moments we need some pauses we need some times when we disconnect because we need an opportunity to do these things in our life this is what a selah is an opportunity to do let me explain what i mean by those four words number one we need to occasionally pause and reflect i mean our lives are moving, aren't they? There's a, a movement to them. We, we have routines. I get up in the morning and I do this and then I go to work and then I've got this to do. We've got a lot of things on the list of things we've got to do. But occasionally, you need to take that routine and pause it. I would even suggest that you need to pause every week. You need to pause once a quarter. That's a little bit different. And you need a big pause once a year. We need to pause. And the reason we need a pause is so that we can reflect over what 
has happened. It's so important. The Bible actually includes this. God did in Exodus chapter 20 where we get the Ten Commandments. It's the Fourth Commandment. This is a Sabbath. This is where God said that you should, you should keep the Sabbath holy. In other words, there is one day when you are to not work. You are to rest and reflect. This is a weekly rhythm of pausing. We stop. I'm still. I'm not working. I'm reflecting. You know, the very psalm we read, Psalm 46, and it's verse 10, the third stanza says, Be still and know that I am God. We've heard this before, but think about this with me. This is a pause. I pause. I need to pause. And what this verse is saying is that if you'll pause, you'll actually begin to see that He is God. I, I think in this we can know that sometimes if we're not willing to be still, we will not know that He is God. We're so busy, we actually think that things are happening in our lives because we're making them happen. Oh no, be still and see that He is God. It's important to pause. It gives us perspective. It gives us a chance, as the book of Habakkuk says, to examine our ways. Sometimes we might go, well, I've been trying to accomplish but that's not happening, what are the ways that I need to change? We need a pause so that we can reflect. Then, the second word was praise. So see, we need to praise God for what He's done. We need a moment in our pause to praise. I can tell you this, when you're still, and you, you pause in your life, what's going to happen is you're going to look back and you're going to see God. You're going to see where God showed up for you. If you today you create a pause and you look back over this past year, there's going to be some times you're going to go, God, you were there. You met me in my marriage. You met me in my finances. You met me with my kids. God, you showed up. I was praying. And right now I have some answered prayers. The question is, what, what do you do when you see God's work in your life? It's so simple. You praise Him. You praise Him. You just take a moment. God, I, I see it now. I was still and I have seen that you are God. And I praise you, God, that you met me in my marriage. That you met me in that friendship. That you, you helped me find the job that I needed. God, you were God. And I praise you for being God. You know, the book of Hebrews says in verse 15 out of chapter 13, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. I want to just explain this for a moment. This book is written to the Hebrews. They understood that they were given access to God because of what? Sacrifice. They lived in the sacrificial system. And so as followers of God, as Jews, they would show up and they would make a sacrifice. And they would show up and they would make a sacrifice. And that would make them right with God for a time. And it would give them access to the presence of God. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, now we get to bring a sacrifice to God. It gives us access to God. The Bible says that we enter His presence, we enter His courts, with thanksgiving. We bring the sacrifice of praise and we do it continuously. 
think about this year. What has God done for you? I mean, has he met you in your marriage? Has he guided you as you parent your kids? Has he helped rescue you from some depression or healed you from some sickness? What do we do with that stuff? We turn it into praise. We praise. We pause. We praise. And then this is a big one. Number three, we need to place what has happened into their appropriate, their proper categories. Because can I just be honest? When we're placing things in their proper categories, not everything that's happened in the past year was great. I, I want to just encourage you to be emotionally honest. There are some people who, their, their perspective of the, the Christian faith is that we're a little emotionally dishonest. You know, we can be like, praise God, my kids just got thrown into jail. You know, praise God, my house just burned down. There's some stuff that's just tough. And it's difficult. A third of the Psalms in the Bible are Psalms of lament. They're actually talking about difficult stuff. God, how long will it be until you show up? We've got to be honest. Not everything was great. So what do you do with it when it's not great? All right, we put it in the right category. I'm going to give you four categories that we need to put some things into. Number one, the category of I'm going to praise him for it. I mean, I'm telling you what, there's some stuff in the past year. You need to put it in I'm going to praise you for it category. God, you showed up for me. You were there. You met me in that weakness. You met me when I needed you. I'm going to praise you for what you've done. But some stuff needs to go into the pray about it category. Let me just say this. If there's some confusion, pray about it. I don't know which thing to do. I, 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 I've got this option and this option. Pray about it. If you're worrying about it, pray about it. There's some stuff you might be worried and anxious about, and it's, it's weighing heavy on your heart. You need to be praying about it. We're all too often, we're worried about everything because we're praying about nothing. Pray about it. There's some stuff that we need to place into the pray about it category. And then there's some stuff that we need to place into the grow from it category. Because you want to know what? I know this about myself. As a matter of fact, just journaling this morning, I was like, I need to grow from this thing that I've done. There's some stuff that we've done that it was a mistake. We didn't do it right. For some of you, maybe this last year is filled with some grief some trauma, some difficulty because you've made a mistake. Okay, you can keep wallowing around trying to be a victim or you can say, I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to grow from it. Put it into the grow from it category. And then lastly, I want to say this. There's a category called I need to trust God with it. I can't do anything about it. It hadn't rained. Well, you can't make it rain. You need to trust God with it. My, my kids are making these decisions. Well, you can't make them. You know, they, they're grown kids. They're out doing their own thing. You need to trust God with it. There's all this stuff happening in the world. I don't like the politics and I don't like the war. You need to trust God with it. There's a lot of times we carry burdens that were never meant to be our burdens. They were intended 
though we might feel the burden, for us to transfer the burden in prayer as we give it to God and trust Him with it. Now listen to me. You, you can blame the devil for all the stuff that's happened in the past year and you know, and it was the, or you can play the victim card. All this life has just happened to me. Or you can choose to go through the things that have happened in your life and put them, place them in the right category. And the good thing about a Selah moment is it gives us an opportunity to do that, to place it into the right category. So we start with a pause, then we praise God, then we place it into the right category. And then number four, we need to prepare for the coming seasons of life. We prepare. Here's what I know about your life and mine. We know, okay, based on the day it is, tomorrow, many of us are going to make, we're going to make New Year's resolutions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to make, I'm going to get financially secure. All of these things that we make for the next year, we need to prepare for the coming seasons of life. I was reading in Proverbs, saw this verse and thought of this. Put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. And after that, build your house. I love that this verse just simply talks about an order of preparation. There's some things you need to do first, and then you can do these things. If we do it in the right order, things are healthy. I mean, sure, you might be thinking, well, we're about to go into the winter months, and so I need to winterize my outdoor equipment. I, it, it might be that you're in life and you're like, well, I need a will. I need to prepare for the future, and I need, I need to increase the amount that I'm saving, and, and all of that stuff is good, okay? It, it is good, but preparing for the future is more than that. There are so many people that I know who have done all those kind of things, who put a lot of attention into those kind of things, but they don't really think about this principle that the gospel is a moving gospel. Jesus said, follow me. We are to move from where we are to where he is leading us to go. And before we can move, we have to prepare. We have to prepare. You know, the Bible does say that he has called us to reign in this life. And I, I have a friend who, when I was growing up, he used to say, we're supposed to train before we reign. We've got to get ready. So let me just ask you this question. It's not about the winterizing or the will or all the other stuff, because so many of us do that, but we don't do this. Is your heart ready to move into what God could do next? Is your heart ready? Because I know that some of us, God wants to do some big things in your life. And the, the Bible talks about our heart like it's soil. There's soil in our heart. And we, we've got to get the soil ready for God to grow and develop. Is your heart ready for what God wants to do in your life in the next year? You know, this is what we like to call Selah Sunday. You know, at Vortex, we take the last Sunday of the year as a Selah. We call it Selah Sunday. It, it, we use it for those things that we just talked about. We use this to rest and to reflect and all those things that we were talking about, really to get our hearts prepared. And when I think about that for us as a church, we have a lot to praise God for in this past year. 
As of mid-December, when we were preparing this message for you, we know this, we have experienced an increase of around 15% in total attendance over the past year. That's amazing. Really healthy church growth, good church growth is 10%. We're above that this past year. We saw really an amazing step forward in the ministry of our church when we opened Vortex downtown in November. And here's what I can tell you. We had pre-decided, hey, if we can do these things, we had check boxes, it would be a win for us. And here's what we've done. We've been able to check all those boxes off. It's been a win. It has been really, really healthy for us. Here, as of mid-December, okay, I'm sure this number is a little bit higher by the time you see it, but as of mid-December, we have 88 people within the, the ministry of Vortex Church that have said yes to Jesus so far this year. 88. Think about that number. Think about how many that is. I mean, in a town of barely 16,000 people to see 88 people. And this isn't us counting cans that are raised on Sunday. This is us. Literally, somebody's got to fill out a connection card, tell us, and then put it in the offering. This is 88 people who said, I'm, I chose Jesus today. I mean, there have been healings and marriages that have been changed and people baptized. There is so much to praise God for what he's done in our church this year. But let's be personal for a moment. What has God done in your life this year? Today, I, I really hope that you take time and you pause and you reflect on that question. Because I'm, I'm sure of it. God has met you this year. He's been there when you needed him. He's held your hand through some tough times. And it's my prayer that we're able to look into God's heart today as we pause and say, God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. But I know that not only do we need to pause and pray, we also need to prepare our hearts for what God wants to do next. I mean, that for you and, and for me and us as a church, can I just be helpful as we get started talking about preparing? There's some goals that maybe this next year you might need to set for yourself. And the systems that help you achieve these goals, you'll have to work those out on yourself. You know, these all work out differently for, our, for everybody that has different kind of patterns for life and we're at different stages. But I'm going to give you some goals. Number one, read your Bible consistently. Some of us are going to say, I'm going to read my Bible every day. And you do that for like 10 days or 12 days. And then you miss one and you feel guilty about it. And so you come back and you eight days. And then you miss one and you feel guilty about it. Now you're like, ah, I'm, I'm two days off. And the next day you miss it. Now I'm three. And, and before long, you're just totally disengaged. That's why I didn't say every day. But I say consistently. I think sometimes, if you ever think about it, most of the gym memberships sold or sold within the first three weeks of the new year. And, and for many of us, we, we approach the Bible like we might approach the gym. We, we kind of make that, I'm going to go every day. And you're there every day for two weeks, and then you're done. You're just not going back for the rest of the year. And really, all you got was sore. You didn't get stronger fit. 
It's all about consistency. I mean, if you miss a few days, it's okay. Just go back to it. If you miss a day, go back to it. Just consistently be there. Be in church regularly. We need to be in the Bible. We need to be in church. Not only do we need a community of faith, we need people around us, some friends, but we also need a pastor. We need a church family where we're going to see some topics discussed that we probably wouldn't pick for our own selves. We're going to hear some things that might challenge us that if we were left to just the Bible in our own selves, we probably wouldn't encounter those things. Why? Because we need that. You need that. I need that. We need to be in church regularly. We need the challenge of it. We need the rig- and, and and again, it's regular. I'm never going to be the pastor that says you got to be in there every single week. I understand there's vacations, there's family stuff, there's sickness, there's work, there's a lot of things that can get, but regularly. Just make that commitment. God, when I'm in town, I'm going to make church a priority. I'm going to be there. I need the community of my church family. Be in church regularly. And then this one, start your morning in prayer. I mean, some of us, if I'm just honest, the only time we pray is when we need God to do something. You ever had that friend, the only time they call you is when they're moving again? That's not, that's not a good, healthy relationship, right? We need to actually, actually have that relationship with God where we're seeking Him. And I think one of the best times we need to seek Him is in the morning. Now, you might be, hey, I'm not a morning person, but how about just make that commitment? Before my feet hit the floor, I'm going to talk to you, God. It might mean, hey, here, here's something that I've, I've had to do in the past. You know, I, God, I have these plans. This is what I feel like my day is going to look like. God, would you be with me throughout the day? It might be there have been times in my life where I've had a prayer list and I pray. I go out on the front porch and I pray over it. It might be my journal. But start your morning in prayer. Start it by talking. Go to God. And we're going to do some things as a church that I think are really going to bless you in this next year. We're going to start off the new year with a series called Encounter. Because over the past year, one of the things that really has become a massive weight on my heart is that people in our church would have a personal encounter with God. I want you to know, not just is God real, but God is real to you. And one, it's been really awesome over the past year to hear the stories that have been coming from within our church where people have truly been been having encounters with God. We're going to talk about that through this first series of the new year. Then first Wednesday, January the 3rd. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. We're going to have a first Wednesday service. We're we're not meeting for church today. Downtown campus, January 3rd, Wednesday. Be there, 7 o'clock. Don't miss it. It's going to be good. We're going to be, I'm preaching. I'm going to be sharing as we kick off what we're calling Encounter Week, okay? Really, a week of prayer and fasting. Encounter Week. We're going to go after God hard as a church. And in that week, I'm going to invite you to be in prayer to be fasting and in the past we've done like 21 days of prayer and fasting or 28 days of prayer and fasting and some of y'all have i'm all fast social media or i'm all fast going to fast food okay listen i'm gonna ask you to do something more significant i'm gonna ask you to fast a meal it's only a week fast a meal fast some of my friends will be doing sun up to sundown i'm gonna fast. some of you might be some pretty restrictive fast i really want you 
to cut some stuff out so that you can bring God in for that week. And we're going to start it on that first Wednesday and we're going to end it the next Wednesday with a combined service with our student ministry. Don't want you to miss it. And then on the 7th, okay, when we actually get back to church, we're going to kick off 21 days of prayer. I'm going to encourage you for 21 days as we start this new year, we, we're in this series encounter. We're going to give you goals every week and things for every day to be praying for. I really want you to go after God. Let's do it together. First 21 days starting on January the 7th. Let's just lean into the presence of God and pray. I want you to get ready for 2024. What kind of year do you want it to be? For many of us, we'd say, I want it to be a better year. I want it to be a year where my relationships grow, where my, my marriage is kind of growing and it feels healthier, or, or I want to see some just some good stuff happen with my kids. We, we would say, well, I want, to, I want to be a little bit more secure financially, or I'd like to see my social network, my friends grow. A lot of what we're describing there is, I want something to be different. Please hear what I'm going to say. If you want something different, you got to do something different. You can't get different results doing the same old things. So today, will not you pause and reflect over this past year? There's probably some great things that have happened. Praise the Lord from it. But there's probably some grow things. There's probably for you, just like there are for me, some things. When I look back over the year, I haven't done that well. And it's actually caused personal pain from it. I, I haven't been wise in that decision or I was unkind in that place or I wasn't really very disciplined with that. And it's provided in our lives some pain. Listen to me. Don't neglect the invitation of your pain to grow and change. For everyone, me included, there are some things that need to change. Don't waste the pain. Don't waste the pain. So today, let's do this together. Let's pause. Let's take a break from our normal. I want to invite you to find a moment today where you can just be alone and pause with the Lord. And in that pause, let's reflect over the things that have happened in this past season. Then let's praise. Let's praise God for what He's done because I promise you, God has shown up on your behalf when we are still, as Psalm 46 says, we will know that He is God and then we can praise Him for what He's done. Let's pause, let's praise, but then let's place things into their right category because there's been some stuff that we need to grow from, we need to learn from, we need to do that differently this coming year. And then lastly, let's prepare. Let's prepare our hearts for what God is going to do in our life in this next season. I love you so much, and we miss you today because we're not with you. And I, I just want to take a moment right now and, and just encourage you. Can we, can we do this? Can we, can we pray together over this moment that we have today? Father, I just pray. I pray that those who are watching online will use today as a Selah moment. 
God, that we will pause and praise and place things into the right category as we prepare for the coming season. God, would you use this moment as a catalytic intervention to promote the change that you desire within our lives? Because if we want something different, we've got to do something different. So help us, God, to make those adjustments, to make those changes for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.